that last note's out of tune. Whatever. Hey guys, welcome to MathCath, the podcast in which I, a Catholic, use mathematics and more to reveal his perspective on science and religion. Today, we will be talking about God's revelation. Quick disclaimer, I am not a professional theologian or a professional mathematician or scientist or anything. I'm literally just like a college student doing this. Uh, before we get started, I do highly recommend you guys watch or listen to my videos on evolution and the cognitive trade-off hypothesis. There won't be too much of that in here, but there is a slight overlap. So please watch that and also please give me more views. So that's and donate. I have a link in the description. Donate. Uh, so let's get started. One of the unusual things in Genesis is how long everyone's lives are. Especially when you read Genesis chapter 5, you notice that these people are living for 900 plus years, right? And they're having children at like 100. That's insane. Uh, just to give a few examples, when Adam lived to 130, he had a son, son in his own likeness, in his own image. He named him Seth. After Seth was born, Adam lived 800 years and had other sons and daughters. Altogether, Adam lived a total of 930 years, and then he died. That's our first man. And then Seth lived to 912 and had a son named Enosh, who lived to 905, who had a son named Kenan, who lived to 910, who had a son named Mahalel, who lived to 895, who had a son named Jared, who lived to 962, who had a son named Methuselah, who lived to 969, who had a son named Lamech, who lived to 777, and then it just keeps going. Like, it's insane how long these lives are. Um, but we don't live that long, clearly, anymore. Not that anyone I know of has ever lived that long that's currently alive. But... We still live relatively very long compared to other mammals. Now, other mammals like whales and um, maybe some other large species might live longer than us on average. But when it comes to heartbeats, all mammals except us fall within a 1 billion-ish heartbeat per lifetime limit. Right, there will be a little deviation, but it's really small. The only species to come way off that deviation is modern-day Homo sapiens. And if you include old us, you know, the Adam, Methelusa, Seth, Jared us, it might be even longer. Or maybe they just had slower heartbeats, who knew? But... If you take the average human lifespan and count the heartbeats, we would have about 2.5 billion. We will live 2.5 times longer than the average mammal. And if you live in a developed country, it will be 3 billion plus easily. Like here in America, in a populated city where we have a lot of food and clean water, it's th freaking through the roof. 
three billion, three point two billion plus easily, no question about it. But why, or what do we do with that? Right, we live so much longer than we're supposed to be. The, if we were to follow all these other mammals, we would die around the age of twenty-four. That's insane. Like you would just graduated college and then a few years later you would have died right you wouldn't have time to you know settle down have a family raise them teach them what you know you don't have time for that (laughs) but god has blessed us with a long relative life for that reason so if you have watched the cognitive trade-off hypothesis this is where some overlap gets in right we can teach the new generation so they can build upon that we have a longer life so they can build off from our life and this is how god can reveal himself more we have more time to learn about god's revelation we have more time to discover we have more time to honestly be part of god's phenomenal symphony because he's revealing it to us one note at a time we cannot understand his power chord all at once. I'm going to make this super simple. It's going to be like a C major uh, kind of thing. But we don't have the ability to notice all at once. That's too much for us. So we have to go one note at a time. Honestly, this won't be an accurate representation because there's only 88 keys on a piano and God is infinite. But... Nonetheless, this is just a small analogy. We cannot understand all that, but we can understand this. And we can help the next generation get to this. And we can, you know, build upon that and go here and here. And we can just keep going forward and forward and forward. Because we have long lives, so we can teach the younger generation more. So they can learn more and they can discover more and they can teach the next generation more this is why we have people two to three generations older than us who are still alive well if you're someone older you might not but when you were young you had someone two to three generations older who was still alive that's like it's awesome many species don't get that benefit if any some species don't even know their parents because their parents die while mating like that's humans so blessed mating gods like an image and this all this connects to the plus one theory of learning or creation crashing i don't know how to pronounce it hypothesis the acquisition learning hypothesis so for like a basic level small analogy you can't understand exponents until you can understand multiplication and you can't understand multiplication until you understand addition right um so because what is exponents it's just repeated multiplication okay well, what's multiplication? It's repeated addition. I can't go up to a baby and teach them how to do 5 to the power of 3. 5 to the third? 125. I can't teach them that to solve that so quickly. I, can teach, I can't teach them 5 times 3. 15. 
I can teach them five plus three, eight, right? They can, because they can add, they, they have hands, they can just add stuff together. One plus one equals two. And then they can take like three things and five things, add them together, that's eight. They can work with that. They can't multiply yet until they have noticed the correlation between the two and have mastered addition. Now, I'm not saying they can add any two numbers, but they have mastered the concept of addition. So, another way to say it is like, if you're at a level four, you can't understand a level six. You can understand a level five. You can't master a level five yet because you're still at a level four, but you can understand a level five and you can learn it. And I think plus one theory might be an inaccurate way of saying that. I prefer concatenation over addition. For those of you guys who don't know what concatenation is, it's sticking. So one concatenate two is 12. But you're not learning 12 things. That's not what I mean. Uh, because if you add, the number changes. If I add the first seven numbers, right? One plus two is three, plus three is six, plus four is 10, plus five is 15, plus six is 21, plus seven is 28. If I just show you 28, you have no idea what that means, right? You might think of it as like seven times four or two concatenate eight, but if I wrote one concatenate two, concatenate three, concatenate four, concatenate five, concatenate six, concatenate seven, you see 1,234,567. And you can see where the root was. You can work from the ones and you can count your way back and see where it all started. When you see like a pyramid, right, you don't just see the top layer, you see each and every layer, which is very different from onions or ogres, unless you cut the onion and then you can see the layers that way, or, well, the ogre layers is metaphorical, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, so, concatenation learning is pretty much what it is, and if you're at a level 7, you can understand level 8, right? This is why feels like something's missing the eight right you can understand the seven you got seven you know the eight well you don't know the eight but you know there is an eight and you can learn the eight because i'm pretty sure some of you guys might be very like tense when i just go here and not play the final note right but that's basically concatenation and so now we have plus one theory or concatenation of logic and reasoning to understand God. But, okay, what about those stagnant times that we learn something about God and then nothing has been added on for, I don't know, a few uh, generations or centuries or whatnot. And that's when we have to think about Maslow's hierarchy. And Maslow's hierarchy, I'm going to do a pentatonic scale instead because there's only five steps states that we must first have food, water, and shelter, and that first, before we can move on to safety, and then a sense of belonging with one another, and then bettering ourselves, and then self-transcendence, so, and if you look at the ancient people, and what they had to go through, they went through fights, all the time, they had so many enemies, 
right? If you look in the book of Joshua, you hear how the Israelites had to deal with the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites and the Rebunites and the, well, they live in a desert. So parasites, um, right? Uh, they spent 40 years in the desert. They're not thinking, okay, how can I understand the universe that God created? They're thinking, I need food. I need shelter. I need somewhere safe. Okay, that's basically the whole concept of Maslow's hierarchy. How can you think of a higher order when you're still trying to basically survive, right? Because, like I said, survival of the good enough. You need the enough before becoming good in a way, right? You can't, if you spend your time just studying and you haven't written it down and you don't have enough to survive, you can't continue to move forward. So, with that in mind, with all these conflicts in mind, there are going to be periods of time when they're not super dedicated on science, not super dedicated in theology, not super dedicated to God. And that is just Maslow's hierarchy. But now in our time, we're much more comfortable, right? We have big houses, maybe AC. Uh, We can control the temperature. We can choose the clothes we wear. We have food that's in the fridge, hopefully. Um, So we can focus in school and research and understanding God's revelation. So this is why it might seem strange when you read the Bible and think it might be anti-science, but it's not, right? When I said this in the first episode uh, about the Big Bang Theory. Go ahead and watch that, right? Days meant phases because they had no idea to understand the concept of a plank instinct. Why? Because they're not focused on that. They're focused on survival. They can't understand these huge gaps of time. Why? Because they have to be in the moment and survive in their time. They can't understand things at a molecular level because they're trying to survive at a species level, if that makes sense. That last one probably doesn't make as much sense, but you get the point. They can't understand these great things. We humans can't even understand it, okay? There's a reason why we have computers do everything for us, because our minds aren't capable of that yet, but eventually, we will be able to understand everything, and uh, this is the second to last, I guess, foundation podcast. The next episode will be about Occam's Razor and statistics and whatnot. So after that, we're going to see what we can build and tear down what people think is anti-science. Thank you. God bless.